Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the story straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi Minute. That's right. Hey, 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 welcome to In a Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar. These are some trying times. And as we make our comeback into some sort of normalcy, which we are doing, there's so many wonderful things to do, especially on Father's Day weekend, right here. Go to visitmississippi.org to find out more. Well, look, today's guest is simply put, a real good guy. Talented for sure, but when you spend hours at a time together for days in the Carolina sun, under pressure, you get to know a lot about a person. All I got to know was he was golden, and still is. A Mississippi man, he's just that. From his wonder years, where he was a Mississippi Golf Association Junior Amateur Champion, to winning two state am championships, then spending six years on what is now the Corn Ferry Tour, was the Nike Tour, Web.com Tour, etc. Two times he was in the Tour Championship, which means you've uh, accumulated enough money to be in the top 50 of the year. That means you had a really good year. Well, by no way is this the least most important thing, but he is a former Mississippi State Bulldog golf standout. He was on a heck of a team back then. Since it is Father's Day weekend, and I love celebrating that, how much his father meant to him was so special. How his dad molded him. How proud they both were of each other and celebrated a lot of incredible moments together. So let's get to it and welcome into the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio, my old partner at the BMW, Chad Ginn. What's up, Chad? Hello, Steve. Good to hear from you, man. It's been a long time. It has been a long time. And you know, one of the things that never leaves my mind, I don't know why, even when I'm not playing golf, is just keep your hands in your pocket. Keep your hands in your pocket. Because I watched you go on a four-hole, <laughs> five-hole birdie binge in a row, and you were going, "I'm just my hands are in my pocket. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Uh, I, I remember you had, you looked at the, I guess you were looking at the cut board, and we were going at it, and uh and all of a sudden, you just said you had to turn it on, and yes, you did. Was that always something that you feel like when you focused in on something in the game of golf or maybe one little thing that helped you? And was it your hands in your pocket one time? Was it maybe your stance one time? Maybe was it, you know, uh, taking the club back a certain way? Uh, and it's amazing to me how you guys can just go, oh, that one thing sort of does it for you. I mean, is it a mental thing, or is it truly something that you have to do? Well, I was such a field player, and um, I always just kind of went out and played golf, and I, I tried to keep the swing out of it, and I didn't want to analyze myself so much that I paralyzed myself, but the the deal that I remember well with you about the hand in the pocket, I was, um, at the time, Jim Hardy out of Houston was my teacher. I always had problems coming from underneath and flipping the, flipping the club. I was a superintendent's dream because I hardly took a divot. 
and that's, that's, that's not a good thing. Um, I could hit the ball high, but I never really compressed the ball, but huh. I knew where it was going. And the deal with the hand in the pocket was Hardy could tell me 10 different things, but he was trying to get to one thing and he was trying to find out what clicked with in my brain. And he teaches Olin Brown also. And Olin came to him and said, Oh, it's just like I took the trash out one morning and I was putting the trash can lid on the, on the trash can well that kept his palm down and in golf we don't want to play uh we don't want to be bowlers we don't want to be coming from underneath we want our hands on top which is my right hand being dominant coming down right and it was putting the trash can lid on the trash can (laughs) that's crazy putting your hand in your pocket trying to get it the palm down so and that's what I was trying to do with you. I knew you you had a strong left hand grip at yeah. the time, and yeah. you were really under with that right hand. I was trying to get you to cover the ball a little bit better. You know, trying to get that that palm down, your hand in the pocket, right, get it right. to change out, whatever. And that's that's how he relayed that to me, and that's that's what really clicked with me. And I I tell a lot of people that when I when I see that happening, that they can't get on top of the ball or cover it. You know, you know, we're talking to Chad again. So it, it you know. Like when playing with Daly, he would just – it looked like he was trying to dig a hole through the earth. You know what I mean? Like, so he would take mm-hmm. these big divots. Garrett Johnson's one of the kids that um, I had met years ago. He's playing at State. I don't know if you and Garrett have met, but I'm I'm the guy that found him sort of at an airport. <laughs> we ended up playing in St. Cro- – I mean, we ended up being with his family in St. Croix when he was a little boy. He's probably like 11 or 12. And uh, we, we stayed in touch, and then I brought him down to the Futures Tournament down here in Greenville and he won it and then he won it again and then uh and I got Jim and Sissy Gallagher to check him out and then so the next thing we know and I had Al Del Greco so I ended up having a little bit of a bidding war going and it was so much fun for me I felt like I was an agent you know on the other side of me (laughs) and but anyway he would attack it like down it looked like the same sort of deal but when I was growing up as a kid, I used to hear the word sweep the ball. Well, when you're sweeping the ball, you, you know, you feel like, well, you're sweeping like a broom. You, where are you going? You're not going an inch down or whatever. But, but I have, there has been a lot of change since you've dealt with me on the golf course. I'm able to take, because my back got a lot better, I'm able to take the club back to parallel again. Although a lot of times I don't want to, you know, but I can. Yeah. And, uh, uh-huh. and uh, it's a totally different deal now. Doesn't mean I'm playing, scoring better, but I'm, I guess the bottom line is all those little things, just walking down the fairway with you uh, was just so um, enlightening. And also just the way you held yourself. There was a calm demeanor about you. And I love how you talk about Phil. You know, I've had, I talked to Sissy Gallagher recently, had Randy Watkins on. I mean, this is a golf extravaganza. So our listeners have to deal with this because I believe this game is bigger than a golf game. I believe it's, uh, it's a big part of careers and lives and all that and so when you're working with kids now or or whoever and i mean what separates you going okay i gotta it's got to be more structured with this person or or this kid or this adult because they're not going to get it any other way or it or it feels just something that's a gift uh it is and um it depends on when i do these junior clinics and things like that at the tour stops that i go to um when i was a playing professionally or doing my rules efficient, we still put on clinics and everything. And you just assess what you have uh, in front of you. And, and it starts with the fundamentals. And you've got to start with a good base, a good ball position, a good grip. And if they have that, let them be themselves on how they're going to make contact with the ball. 
And that's what I try to focus on. Then, then we can go from there. I don't want to complicate them too much because I was always that field player growing up. And my dad would always, he was in my mind and knew what I was going through as far as the mental part of it. But he just went out and let me play. He got me started fundamentally and all that. And then when I started really trying to get a little technical, that's when I ran into some some problems. I mean, I, I sought out teachers, and, and but I only took what I liked from them. You know, not just because you teach a philosophy, that it doesn't mean it's made for that player. So you kind of have to find out what worked for you. And Jim Hardy was real good for me because he's the one plane guy. He teaches both. Uh, a one plane is a Matt Kuchar. I was about to ask you what that is, was, yeah. Yeah, a one plane guy, it's, 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 uh, your arms work with your body and your rotational. Uh, a two-plane guy is a Nicholas, a Scott Hoke. Your arms work separate from your body, and you're very upright. And um, so there's two different ways to teach it, but, you know, I'm sound, I sound like a, uh, a golf instructor, but this is what I've learned and what works for me. But, uh, but when you see a, a Matt Kuchar, a Paul Azinger, those type of guys, that, that's my body build and how my body works the best for me. But... Um, like I said, the fundamentals are the most important thing. If you can start there, you know, then then you can go uh, see what the person needs. I mean, you look at a guy like Matthew Wolf these days. Who, who can teach that? No, you can't. And it's crazy. <laughs> can't even. I know it. I mean, but he gets the club where it's supposed to be in the most important area, and that's in the hitting area. You've got to be able to consistently be able to hit the back of the ball with a square club face on the proper plane and it's all in that little hitting area i mean it's no hitting the inside of the ball the outside of the ball you want to hit the back of the ball with a square club face consistently that's all it amounts to well for people that haven't seen matthew wolf so you got to go check him out after this because to me all he's doing is complicating the situation but for him and his mind it must must put his put him in a position of i guess feeling comfortable and i guess golf swing more than anything when you're feeling comfortable I mean, you know, and it, you just walk up and you step up and you do some of the right things. It, there's no there's no better feeling in the world when you don't have to try to fix something when you're stepping up in your stance. I've got certain things. I like I, my, my left side tends to lean forward, Chad. So my, my buddy Andrew will always go tilt your head back, get your get your, your waist toward, you know, out front a little bit and get your head back. Otherwise, I'm already I'm already all the way on the left side. I mean, it's awful. And then, and then mm-hmm. I come down on it, you know, suffocate it the wrong way rather than being able to make a, a golf swing. We're with Chad Ginn. We're figuring it out. This is like fixing me. I'm laying on the couch rather than him <laughs> right now. I'm laid out. I got, you know, I don't know. I don't even smoke, but I may need a cigarette after this one. I'm Steve Azar. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio with our pal Chad Ginn, former PGA professional, still PGA professional, I'm sure, and uh, spent a lot of time on him. Uh, with him. Uh, so much fun playing golf with him, but getting to know him. Go to visit Mississippi.org to get to know all the incredible things we have to do right here. So much to do. I'm just short drive away. We'll be right back. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. With my pal Chad Ginn. The man can play golf. Spent his life doing this. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. You're in the Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar. Go to visit Mississippi.org, everybody. 
I'm going to wear you out with it because I like saying the name Mississippi a lot, and so does Chad. Uh, he's a former Bulldog standout. Uh, Chad, let's talk about growing up in the Wonder Years. Let's talk about your dad's influence this being Father's Day weekend. Um, obviously, incredible impact on your life, uh, not on just your life, in the, on the game that you love so much, uh, your career, and, and how, how he molded you and the game molded you all at one time. It just seems like they were synonymous with each other. So take me back to just the beginning with your dad, the first times maybe of being introduced to the game and and just his story. Yeah, basically um, uh, he started out, his first pro job was at Sharky Country Club before I was born. You know I love that. Uh, you know I love and that. And <laughs> it's a Queen of County there yeah. in the Delta. Yeah. I've, never, I've been through it. I've never been to the course. <laughs> but he started out, uh, the story he told me was, uh, at the time I think he was a, a rep for Zep Chemicals and in Jackson. And a buddy of his wanted to go hunting. He said, hey, um, I'll take you golfing if you take me quail hunting. He goes, okay, yeah, we'll do that. Well, next thing you know, my dad slipped on the game of golf. And uh, he was spending all of his free time at the Sunny Guy Municipal there in Jackson. And he uh, decided he wanted to be a club pro and get in the golf business. Wait, wait, how old was he at this point? I mean, he's older, right? He's uh, in his 20s? Uh, Got to be. Uh, he was born in 34, so this was probably in the mid-60s. <laughs> and all of a sudden and, he uh, got hooked on golf? All of a sudden. It, wow. He caught the bug. And uh, all his free time was playing out at Sunny Guy. And his first job was there at Sharkey. Then he went to Mosswood Country Club in Port Gibson, uh, right around the time that I was born. And then he went to Shady Oaks in 69, I think it was. But I really got introduced the second time he was at Shady Oaks. Uh, I'm sorry, it's still the first time. Uh, that was basically my babysitter. Uh, I would go to the course. I was out there all the time. Now, whether I was golfing, tennis, right. just running around, who knows. And um, then he, he, he got back out of the golf business for just a little bit and went back down to Mosswood in the early 80s and was the director of golf at Broadwater Beach after that. We only spent nine months down here in Biloxi. But where I got really introduced was the first time at Mosswood. I was about 10, and I remember having to go to Jackson with him uh, to meet Ken Lindsay, which was the pro at Colonial Country Club at the time, and they had a set of Tommy Armour junior clubs there that I really wanted. And uh, he was a little skeptical. He, he didn't know if I just wanted them or was wanting to play. And right. Sure enough, I got them, and I wore those things out. At, uh, I was about 10, and I did all the normal stuff. I, I played soccer. I played the t-ball and the junior high football and things like that. But golf is really what I loved. And when I was about 12 or 13, after we moved back to Jackson, after the Broadway Beach, uh, it's really when I started to take it serious and, and got in some junior tournaments and, and wanted to make the high school team. That was a goal. And then after high school, uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to play college golf. And not only college golf, I knew I wanted to play in the SEC. And, uh, but he was very in instrumental, uh, gave me all that I needed, and that's all, basically all I did and um, loved it every summer. I mean, I was out there all the time. And he gave me what I needed as far as the fundamentals we talked about uh, to get me started. And being in the Jackson area, we had Robbie Webb there. He was great with the juniors. I, I sought out his advice, his instruction, 
I had Randy Watkins there. Everybody looked up to him. This guy played the PGA Tour, and, and he was so instrumental. Also, I had Lester Cook, Dave Calger, and all these guys. Uh, uh, I took what I wanted from them and what I thought worked for me, and, and they really helped me along the way. But my dad, was he was the foundation for everything that I did. You know, I had these these idols of the, the Hal Sutton, the, the Willie Wood, you know, the, kind of the local guys there that were had been playing the tour and the Randy Watkins and I just wanted to know everything and I in the summers I sometimes I got to go out and uh be on site when he was working a tournament uh whether it was an advance week to where he was setting up the course for the the tournament or the tour to come to that site uh the next week or just uh during the week uh when the guys came in I got to meet a lot of them and uh and caddy for a few of them, which was nice. Uh, you know, Frank Connor and Bobby Clampett. Um, so that was quite an experience to be able to be around some of those guys and meet them and talk to them and and pick their brain a little bit. I think Hal Sutton, in a good way, was insane. <laughs> Something about him just you know he was so fiery, uh, and just loved how he would just get hot. You know, he'd get like on a roll, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these personalities back then, you think about them, uh, back in the day, there were so many people that were just so, uh, they were characters. Do you feel like that we're losing that, or you feel like that, okay, it's just, there's so, golf's become so overpopulated, there's so many tours, so many avenues to each tour, you know, get, getting your card, you know, stepping up, stepping, it's almost like all these minor leagues all over the world now. Do you feel like we're losing a little bit of, the Lee Trevino sort of character, um, you know, that, you know, the Raymond Floyds, the, because where their swing sort of matches who they are as a person. Or do you feel like that maybe it's just oversaturated and I'm just overthinking it? I'm just. Uh, not really. I mean, it, the game has evolved. I mean, you know, Tiger basically changed all that as far as he raised the bar, what you have to do to prepare. But as far as characters go, no, you, you still have that. You've been around them, you, you know. Um, but it, it is more in-depth as, as far as trying to better yourself. Um, I, I think, you know, we probably don't have uh, the naturalist. Uh, you still have your Bubba Watson out there, you know. I don't yeah. think he's ever had a lesson, I think. So, yeah. uh, I actually gave him a lesson. I gave him a lesson once when we were playing at the uh, – at the. Uh, we did the Bob Hope together, like you and me did the BMW. And, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, no, I didn't give him – I'm messing with you. But he would. <laughs> It was so funny. You know, I had to defy him one day. He was like, it drove him crazy. I, he was trying to get us to go play golf that night. He said, they cut the lights off on us last night. And, uh, and him and his and Teddy, his caddy, and his wife, you know, who was a, who was a hooper, she was one of the celebrity mm-hmm. guests there. And they go, last night we, we, get a, uh, we got, went to Kmart, and I think it was Kmart, and we got a club. It couldn't be ours. One club. And we went and played the par three, and they shut the lights off on us. So we broke out the glow balls. He goes, I mean, it was like he was lit up. It's like, you know, it was like, it's so funny, man. It just reminded us of stuff we did in college, you know. Like, instead of playing baseball at night, we would we would wrap a tennis ball in a bunch of duct tape until the point where it was as hard as a baseball. You know, I have no idea what we were thinking. but uh, And we would use a big wolf of bat that we'd tape the bat. We had to tape it up so it would handle hitting the ball. And we're going, like, what are we doing? But it's yeah. like these games that we created growing up you know like give me a stick and you know that that was our generation but with that said you know i had to be at 
part of the obligation, you know, these things, we we're obligated to do things at night with big sponsors. And I'm sure it was Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell had a big event at their house. Um, and we had to be there. It was just part of the deal. And he was going, you got to come tonight. And I'm going, I'm not, I would love to come and watch you look, look about 90 yards left and hit it and then make it come all the way back, you know, because he would be looking in places. I'd be looking at his eyes and talk about a guy that played from Phil, like you said. And I know this isn't about Bubba, but you do bring up an interesting point again um, that he plays from nothing but Phil. I mean, and the, the his eyes where he's looking, you're going like, where is he looking? So how is he able to manipulate the ball and maneuver it like he does? I mean, what what's how does that work? And have you ever sat down and tried to move the ball that far? I have. I would I would practice shots like that just if I was in a predicament where I had to get it back in play. Uh, like I, it is hard hard for me to draw a golf ball, hit it right to left. I've got to aim so far right, swing inside the out <laughs> towards first base to do it. And sometimes I'll goof off, or used to, and basically put my back to the target and my club face square to the target and just swing. And I could, you could hit the biggest rope hook if you knew that you had the world to the left to do it. And just crazy shots like that that you might have to use one day. And, um, you know, that, that's just one, but that, that just comes to mind with that wedge that he did at Augusta yeah. on number 10. Yeah. I just, it's unbelievable that he can make a ball move that far, and you can just see how talented it, he is with his hand-eye coordination. Right. And it's it's just all natural, and it's something you can't teach. It's Father's Day weekend, celebrating not only Chad Ginn's father. Chad's our guest today on In the Mississippi Minute, but all you guys out there, uh, blessings to you all. Uh, been crazy times. Go to visit Mississippi.org, all you mothers and wives and kids, to take your dad somewhere incredible in Mississippi. You go there and check out all the great things we have to do right here in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. Before we go into break, my man Chad Ginn knows that we are the birthplace of American music. I don't have to go. He doesn't have to cross state lines to know that. So, Chad, would you like to hear either Bobby Gentry or Muddy Waters into the break? Oh, you got to play some Bobby Gentry. That, that's what I'm talking about. Had you. Tallahatchie yeah. it is. We'll be right back with Chad Ginn in the Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar. Brother Mary Becky Thompson They bought a store in Tupelo There was a virus going round Papa caught it and he died last spring And now Mama doesn't seem to want to do much of anything I spend a lot of time picking flowers up on Choctaw Ridge. Drop them into the muddy water off the Tallahatchie Bridge. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Rolling down a Mississippi Minute, go to visitmississippi.org. Check out all the cool things as they let us out a little more at a time. Oh, yeah. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. I'm cleaning trash up again as we speak. I'm doing it right now. I just picked something up. I don't know what it was, but it's in my studio. <laughs> with Chad Ginn. Chad uh, spent his life and he still spends his life with the golf club in hand and, and all that it represents. All right, Chad, we got to go back to the young years when you're 10 years old. 
Can you go deep back in the memory bank to your first tournament? And then can you recall the one that when you said, oh, baby, I can do this? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Thank you. I like that. I, I know the junior club championship at Mosswood. I was 10. Now, what happened? I have no clue. I don't remember who won it. I'm <laughs> sure it was somebody that was a lot older at the time. But um, I remember going to the first big tournament was the state junior at the old B.O. Van Hook Golf Course at Southern Mississippi. That's where they had it every year. And um, uh, that was 1984. I would have been 13 at the time. And um, I remember we uh, we were being called to the tee and announced. And uh, I think one guy was about to hit first, and I also had my ball teed up like we do at the club, just ready, rip, raring to go. <laughs> and uh, one of the officials there said, Chad, you need to take your ball off the tee. <laughs> so that was one memory of it. But uh, I shot, you know, I still hadn't, come around to shooting great scores yet and i shot 100 and a 93 <laughs> and whatever flight whatever flight i was in i remember winning a gift certificate and uh i got a golf bag with it but uh because you everybody for you out there he improved seven shots the next day <laughs> that's, right. that's right so, so, so i got to know go. the course a lot better the next day yeah <laughs> but uh I, I played in a lot of junior tournaments and it was mostly state oriented um i didn't start traveling out of the state until uh maybe three or four years later i had uh, progressed to where i won the gulf state section pga junior which is mississippi and louisiana juniors combined and that qualified me to go to the pga national uh for the national so how old were you then down at, so from 10 was, you're talking to win 15 i was six i was 16 the summer okay. of 87 okay and I'd also qualified to play in the Big Eye Youth Insurance Tournament. I'm not sure if they still have that tournament, but you you qualify regionally and you go play with a. They paid a PGA Tour pro to come in and play your first round with you. It was usually their their travel day on a Monday, so they'd come in and, and play one pro uh, per group, which was like three of us competing. And um, could you remember who you played? Uh, who your pro was? I played with Lou Graham. Uh-huh. He was a 1975 U.S. Open yeah. champion. Yeah, And um, I cannot remember the other one. Um, anyway. Um, it wasn't Steve Azar? You sure? What, was not. I don't, I don't <laughs> recall that name that year. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> but, um, uh, but before that, um, a lot of junior tournaments. Uh, a lot of the competition I'd looked up to, I kind of started getting on their level and maybe beating them a few times and um, ended up, we had some really good high school teams at Clinton and we could not somehow win the state championship. We always had to go against Meridian or Tupelo and they always had our number. And finally, my senior year, um, we were determined we had lost to Meridian in a playoff the year before. And, the next year, we were determined to win this, and, and we finally did. I shot 69-64 at the old uh, oh, wow. the Heinz Community College, Eagle Ridge Golf Club. <laughs> and um, I won the individual. Oh, well, we yeah, the you team. did. <laughs> now, now, I think the record stood for a little bit, but I want to say um, Patrick Lee might have broke it a year or two later. But uh, that was when, okay, you know, I'm, wow. doing, I'm doing some good I'm doing some good things now. And... Uh, so Mississippi State's got to be – have they come calling yet? Did you, had you already signed with them? Or was it that tournament that you go so low at 69 to 64? That's crazy low 
Uh, is that when they come calling for sure, or had you already uh, committed? No, I committed kind of late. I was still, I didn't, surprisingly enough, I didn't get a whole lot of interest. I, I had Mississippi State, uh, Baird Smith was recruiting me, and uh, we had already had a former teammate up there, uh, Steve Pope. He was two years. I remember um, Steve, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, we, um, and I got a little interest from LSU, but not like I did State. And I, it was a deal to where we almost kept our team together. We had Steve Pope, Benji Nelson, uh, Doug Barron, which recently yeah. won on the Champions yeah. Tour last year. Right. He transferred in from LSU. We had Watt Watley from Forrest, uh, Damon Palmer from Tupelo. That Clay was Holman, a team. Coach. I remember ben, all these I mean, names. I mean, this is special. I mean, ben, yeah. and, and Benji Nelson, he was one of my teammates at Clinton, so we basically went together. And uh, we we had a team up there. We didn't uh, uh, do the things that we wanted to do, but uh, we had some talented players up there, and that, that was that was some good times with those guys. Was it on you guys' end that you just weren't spreading the word enough? I mean, your dad's in the game on a big level, on the PGA level. You know, you, you guys are doing this. And, I mean, was it just sort of like, oh, I'm a senior now. It'll work out like it works out? In a sense, I, I just, you know, in today's world with all the social media and the, the access you have to everybody and their scores and this, that, I mean, back in, you know, um, uh, the spring of 1988, you know, there was nothing like that. It was just newspapers, I would say. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, just, I just let it play out and see what interest I got, and I stayed pretty local. Uh, like I said, I played a few natural, uh, national junior tournaments. I didn't do the AJGA circuit. Um, I didn't feel like I had to travel all over the country. Um, that was a big expense on top of that. But um, I felt like I had every opportunity I needed uh, regionally, uh, just outside the state or, or in it. Right. And, uh, and I was happy the way everything turned out. Uh, I love being in Mississippi State. I know, I know you do. I know you're a bulldog for sure, deep, deep through, all the way through to the core. Talking to Chad again. Were you a scoreboard watcher? I'm trying to recall. Not really. I, I agree with that. I think that you needed you checked in every once in a while if you needed to know something. I think. I did. Um, I always kind of knew how the course was playing. Um, I knew what it would probably take to win. Uh, I knew what it would probably take to make the cut, even though that's not something you really want to think about, but. You kind of know the scores that are going to be uh, shot that week uh, to uh, to do any damage. But I, I usually – I was a guy that would never try to take advantage of a golf course. I played the course uh, the way it was meant to be played, the way the architect designed it. I wasn't the, the huge risk taker. I mean, one, because I didn't hit it like above the line. <laughs> but uh, I plotted around the golf course. I, I gave – Whatever the golf course gave me, um, I was going to use that. Now, how it panned out, uh, right. that's when I kind of started watching maybe uh, on a cut day if I felt like I was close or um, towards the end of the tournament, you know, going to the back nine. I know I'm playing pretty good. Let me take a peek. Um, but I always tried to have that mindset that uh, I was playing from behind. I, I didn't want to feel like I was protecting something. I always wanted to make – uh, aggressive, assertive, confident swings. Not that I was trying to hit the ball hard or or anything like that, but I always wanted to play um, just, just very confident. Right. And, and 
in, a, in an attack mode in a sense, you know. Yeah. But it also just, you know, I had green light pins, you had yellow light pins, and, yeah. you know, you had red light pins. There's ones that you just don't play to, uh, especially with a guy that can't hit it loud. You know, yeah. that's a good thing to know. Uh, <laughs> that's so funny. Hello, we're Chad Ginn. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. I'm Steve Azar. Go to visit Mississippi.org because they're letting us out of the house a little at a time social distancing keep your hands washed stay safe we're going to get through this time all together because that's how us mississippi people roll and keep mississippi beautiful studio we'll be right back Folks, Steve Azar here, letting you in on the Guarantee Bank Summer Better Sweepstakes when sending money with Zelle. Zelle is a fast, safe, and easy way to send money in minutes to friends, families, and others you trust, no matter where they bank, right from Guarantee Bank's mobile banking app. And now you can win the $5,000 grand prize when making Zelle transactions from June 1st to July 31st. Just download the Guarantee Bank mobile app to send money with Zelle at the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Visit gbtonline.com forward slash Zelle dash sweepstakes for more info and rules. No purchase, account, or Zelle necessary to enter to win. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. Whether you're a rebel, a bulldog, a golden eagle, or just a sports fan, Super Talk Mississippi has got a podcast for you. For you. Sports Talk Mississippi, The Rebel Report, Thunder and Lightning, The Super Talk Eagle Hour, and The Borky Show are all now available for you. And it's all free. Free. Get them all on demand at supertalk.fm and on your smartphone. Just search for Super Talk on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Billy Kinder, host of Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Here, the show Saturdays at 1, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Turkeys, whitetail, Grenada Lake crappie, or Gulfport redfish. We enjoy it all, especially when you're in camp with us on Super Talk Mississippi. Feeling down? Here's your prescription for a daily dose of good news and positive vibes. Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Every afternoon, Rebecca highlights all the good things happening right here in the state you call home. Daily exposure to good things with Rebecca Turner may cause smiling, feelings of positivity, happiness, and even laughter. When you experience these symptoms, tell your friends to listen. Okay. Weekdays starting at 2 p.m. here on Super Talk Mississippi and now on Amazon Alexa devices. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar. You're in a Mississippi Minute, winding it down. Hope you guys are okay out there. Stay safe. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. I'm with a beautiful man. I'm telling you right now, I've seen the gleam in his eye, and it's when he's out on the golf course. All right, Chad. When you make the tour back then compared to now, or I forget, forget now. Let's just talk about your journey because we don't have a lot of t- a time. How do you get there? And then you're a journeyman. A lot like my career, I've been a journeyman. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's a cool life. And, um, and it's sort of on your own terms. How does it come about? Take me to your first uh, competitive rounds where you're like in the hunt and the feeling of it. Yeah, it was uh, back in August. Um, it was actually my birthday week, and 
uh, my dad was working the event. He was an official on that tour uh, in between his two times on the PGA Tour. And I went over there just to do the Monday qualifier, and uh, I was still an amateur. Uh, we It was at the Northwood Country Club where Bill Rogers' brother was the pro, Rick Rogers. And I had shot 72. I can't remember if that was even or one over. But uh, I waited around uh, during the week. My dad was still there, so I was just hanging out, practicing. And back then, they had an alternate list to the Monday qualifier, and that is not an option today. They have so many categories for players to get into tournaments, uh, they don't even worry about who missed the Monday qualifier. Right. And uh, so I hung around, and it was late in the year. They had a ton of tournaments. I think it was 150 degrees that week. Um, guys were, that were committed to the tournament were dropping like flies, and my name kept moving up the list. And lo and behold, I got in. And when you're inside uh, the top ten on the alternate list, you get to play practice rounds. So I was, you know, got to where I played a couple practice rounds. And At that point, uh, you don't even know you're in. Right now you're still in the top ten, but you don't know you're yeah. in. Okay. Let's hang around, and, and you get, you, you're afforded that to play. Practice excited. rounds, just in case. Yeah, and I get in, and man, I'm excited now. This this has hit me, and so I turn pro because I know I'm going to turn pro in the fall anyway to go through the PGA Tour qualifying school, which is starts in um, October. And uh, so I just go ahead and do it. I play uh, with Doug Martin and Tom Shaw, and first two rounds, and they were members out there. I had taken I think Forrest Bedler's place. You recognize that old yeah, man? Yeah, I do. And um. <laughs> So I'm in their group, and I have made everything I could possibly make the first two rounds. I shoot 68, 67. Oh, yeah. I'm up there pretty pretty high. And the next round, I shoot 67 again. Come on. And We're in the hunt. I am, I, <laughs> I'm in the hunt. I am in the last group the last day with Hugh Roy the third. And I'm like, man, this pro stuff is easy. Uh, <laughs> we keep doing this. And I still hit it pretty good that last day. I had a couple shots. I know I had an embedded ball plugged ball in the bunker and made double, whatever. But I shot 74. I finished uh, 14th, which uh, if you finish top 25, it gets you into the next event, whether you're a member or not. I went to Washington State. I don't know if it was the next week or or two weeks after. And went up there. I had never played golf in that side of the country. And uh, uh, played well. uh, Made the cut. But I missed the top 25 by one shot. And that would have gotten me into Utah the next week. But... uh, Anyway, made two decent checks, came home, and basically prepared for Q school. Went to wind dance. That was my first stage that year. Uh, I shot 67 in the last round to, to get to the second stage, which was at the Ombre Golf Club in Panama City. And, um, and I got through that. I mean, I just, took, I just kept feeding off all this positive experience that I'd gotten and felt like I belonged there. And next thing you know, I, I'm on the Nike Tour in 1994. You know, have a decent year. I get into every tournament uh, that I wanted to get in based on my category. And in New Mexico, late in the year, I think it was in September, uh, all I remember is trying to figure out how to play at altitude, which is... Right. Uh, the ball travels a little further, much, right? Yeah, it's like 10%. And I had a good caddy there. I birdied the last three holes to finish tied for second. Your career has been pretty dang cool. Pretty dang cool so far. And now, what are you doing now? So, chats. I mean, like, are you totally retired from the tours? Are you looking at maybe the senior tour? You know, how far off? I can't remember how old you are. I, I will be fifty in August. There you go. Or not. 
Um, what are you thinking? I haven't played competitive since 2015, but I never have requested my amateur status back. But I do get that itch to play every now and then. Um, you know, I knock it around with somebody down here on the coast. Uh, and, uh, you know, we make the cut on the tour that I'm working for now as a rules official on the APT tour. If we got the afternoon off. I'll, we'll go play the course. But, um, yeah, I, I get that itch. My heart misses it, but my mind and body do not. I've learned a lot, and hopefully it, it pans in something uh, uh, on a national level. And Wouldn't that uh, be crazy? All of a sudden you're doing exactly where your dad left off, and you just, just slip right on in. Yeah, I've, I've missed. I wish he was still here. Yeah. I know he's looking down on me. But, yeah, uh, he is. Father-son workforce, people taking uh, the place of uh, in the footsteps of their dad in any form of work is an awesome thing. Uh, and I just think that, that that's a love affair just built for, uh, you know, this, especially to remind us of this time of year. So happy Father's Day weekend to everybody. Uh, Chad, I can't thank you enough for spending a Mississippi minute with me it's always good catching up but this has been way too long and and I appreciate your time you are a true Mississippi treasure go to visit Mississippi.org check out all the cool things we got to do right here because we got a whole lot of them I appreciate you guys tuning in blessings happy Father's Day I'll see you later I'm Steve Azar in a Mississippi minute all 60 of them where you can take your sweet time Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.